Proverbs chapter 4. Most of the Proverbs were written, written by Solomon, <clears throat> who was the king, whose father was the king, David, and said so many times that, that we see David. We, we, there's, I'll just tell you, as far as Sunday school and teaching children, he may be the most talked about. He may be uh, the easiest one to paint a great picture of. And, and, but to those of us who understand the full life of David, you know, boy, David was a mess. And, um, and lived a, a life that was full of ups and downs, full of incredible victories and, and full of incredible low places. So I would say incredible mountains. I would say that on purpose. Um, phraseology matters sometimes he had mountaintop places in his life he also had deep valleys mountains and valleys remember that that'll make sense maybe i hope in a, in a few minutes um this first part of chapter four uh i'm gonna break it up at least twice it's just so rich um but this first part of chapter 4, Solomon's talking about him being a child and when he was a child, what he remembered, and his dad sitting him down and telling him things. It's, it, it, it's amazing. I said that to say this. Solomon was the son that came out of Bathsheba. Second son. First son died as part of God's judgment. It's clear. But Solomon, God turned him into a king out of Bathsheba who was part of a sinful relationship that David had. I'm not going to get lost in that, but just to understand, Solomon knew his dad and certainly his mother and the history that came with that. I'm saying that to say this, your children, if I sat your children down here on these benches and I said, hey, hey, guys, guys, look at me. Have, have you always known your dad to be exactly perfect in everything that they did? They might say yes, but the truth is they know that you're not exactly perfect, right? But there's still something, there, there's still an, an oil on fatherhood. That, that, that's, that's something that the father has. It doesn't matter if, the, if the, the father is a Christian yet or not a Christian yet. The oil of fatherhood is still on him. And it's evident in the child that can look past a whole bunch of stuff to see their dad as somebody that they want to look up to and that their dad is the one that will give them instruction, right? So let's read a little bit of this. Let's, let's read down. I don't know when to stop.
Hear my child the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, see, here's the remembrance of him being a child, Solomon being a child. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live, get wisdom, get understanding, do not Forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory, she will deliver to you. We all want, I hope, we all want our children to do better than we did, right? We want our children to have more than what we had. Verse 10, hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom, I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. And do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. And pass on. That's some. <laughs> I mean, if we got that, we could go home. Right there. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil. And their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day the way of the wicked is like darkness they do not know what makes them stumble they, these these are amazing deep deep passages right here very deep that shows an incredible not, not just not just a difference a stark difference i i, I mean it should be noticeable so when there is stumbling in the life of the believer, there's a problem. Because stumbling happens when there's darkness. And I've heard good people say, I don't know how it happened. I was doing these things, 
I was coming to church. But that ain't the only things you was doing. And that ain't the only places you were going to. Because if you did all of that and kept headed towards the light, see, that's what it's talking about. Our path, look at your neighbor and say, talking about your path, it, your path is just like the shining sun that grows ever brighter unto the perfect day. In other words, the path that you're on, when you got saved, all you knew is that you came out of darkness and started walking into light. And as you walked, it got brighter and brighter and brighter. And that's the way to the noon sun, that's the, to the brightest sun. We're always walking towards that light. But that light is not like darkness. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's not like darkness at all. In Him is no darkness at all. In Him is no darkness at all. There's no stumbling in Him. If it, what, what does Ephesians say over and over? In Him. In Him. In Him. That's, that's our position is in Him. Because I have a condition that will take me back to darkness. But in Him, there's no darkness at all. At all. And in darkness, that's where the stumbling happens. Y'all didn't see it. Because I was going this way. Y'all might have caught it. When I went back this way, I looked down just, just a little bit because I don't want to fall. And it's light, and I know it's there. But if you turn out all the lights, I would be like, I know it's there, and I'm going to find it. And I'm going to step up there because I knew it was there. But that's not what that says. It says... The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. See, in the daytime and in the light, and we got three good lights right there. We got all kinds of wattage coming down right there. I know it's there. So I know what to do. I step over it. But at nighttime and in the dark, I know it's there, so I'll make room for it, and I'll feel for it, and I'll find it, and I'll be like, I've got to step over it. But the way of the wicked is not like that. They fall over and don't even know why they fell. Can I tell you why they fell? Because the enemy travels in darkness. The enemy traffics in darkness. And our path has to be different than the enemy's path. It's, it's telling you clearly right here that there are two paths. So you have a choice of paths to be on. I'll just tell you, if there's stumbling in your life and you don't know why, there's some darkness there. I can't, I can't change that. That's just what it says. I'm going to go all the way to 22. My son with 20. 20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. 
And I got to stop there because it goes the other direction that I want to go next week about our heart, back to our heart, back to heart talk. In Psalms 23, we know that Psalm. It says, He leads us in paths of righteousness. Paths of righteousness. I think that word is key. Paths of righteousness. Not roads of righteousness. Not streets of righteousness. Not gravel roads of righteousness. Not, not highways of righteousness. Not interstates of righteousness. He leads us in paths. Paths of righteousness. In chapter 2, verse 8, it says, He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Verse 9 says, Then you understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. You're going to walk from place to place. You're going to walk from place to place. Your feet are going to, your feet are going to be used to get you into most of those places. Better make sure it's a good path that you're on. It's a good path. You can take that path. And he's got a path for you that it's just like the noonday sun that it shines brighter and brighter and brighter. And when it shines brighter and brighter and brighter, you see and you see and you see and it'll take excuses away, right? Should have seen that. You ever hit a pothole in your car? Tell you potholes make me mad. I'm telling you, I get mad. Like, okay, I, I take that like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, the first thing I think is, I paid my taxes. When I hit a pothole, I think, I paid my taxes. Bothers me. There's still a place in Pineville I can take you to the patch on the road. It rained so hard, we were going over it. That I hit that pothole with both tires and blew both tires out and cut both rims. Yes. And I was mad. And I didn't pay any taxes in North Carolina. But I called them and told them they need to fix that. And I should not have blown out both of my tires on your pothole. And they... Gave me a little fake apology and said, that one's on you, bud. And the next day I drove by there because I had to go get my car that was sitting on the side of the road. And they had already patched it. And I was like, hallelujah, Lord, you're worthy, all the glory. Mm, that's probably not where I was at right then. So y'all y'all falling in potholes too, haven't you? Mm. But verse 12 says, When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. I'm your pastor, and I have a college degree, and I have a minor in Bible. But newsflash, my degree 
was in health and physical education and biology. <laughs> I'm just saying. Funny how things end up, right? But I still know something about coaching. I trained for it. I understood what it takes. I watched my son play basketball. I watched my son try out for basketball. I watched my son get cut from basketball. I watched my son make the team for basketball. And I sat there and I watched him and I, I watched him and I watched him and I watched him and, and I went to the gym with him. And I gave him instruction because believe it or not, I played basketball. I know, y'all are just getting blown away by things this morning. But it's facts. And I told my son many times, I said, you're way better dribbler. You're a way better shooter. You're a way better passer than I ever thought I could be. So the coach inside me would say, do this and do that and do this and do that. And the hardest thing for me to do was to sit through a basketball game. And I just about would be um, better off if I would have sat in another portion of the gym with duct tape over my mouth. <laughs> Because I could see the coach in me not getting what the coach was doing. I'll just be honest with y'all. And it actually stemmed from something. Because I knew my son had the talents and abilities. Man, he can, if you ever see him, the kid can dribble like crazy. He can shoot like crazy. I've seen him hit 10 plus three-pointers in a row. Boom, 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 like it's nothing. You got to, what, what is she, your niece? That's incredible. She's on YouTube. She, she has hit how many in a row? <laughs> oh, it's real. I've seen it. Two misses in five minutes of shooting. Getting her own ball. Craziness. That's, that's amazing. But at a young age, what he could do, I was really, I'd keep his percentages. I'd keep up with his percentage and then he would get down if he missed any. Any. It would just about throw him. I'm like, son, you watch pros. They, they, they'd be happy with 40%. And you're shooting about 60% today. They'd be happy with that. But um, I don't know if we can record this or not. I don't know who's going to get this, but I'm going to say it because i got to make a point to you. And, Walker, I don't even know if you heard this. But your first practice, because it was a time when they didn't let, you know, COVID and all that. They weren't letting parents come in the gym and stuff like that. They last come in for the first practice. When they had the team established, it was like meet the coach day. 
meet the coach today. We got to go in and meet the coach today. We got in the last half of the practice, and I watched Walker. Boom, boom, boom. He was just doing so good. I was so proud. I was thinking, yes, yes, yes. I looked at Christine. I said, I think you might start. Ninth grade team. And, and the coach came over at the end. He met different pastors. We were wait, uh, parents we were waiting our turn. Shook his hand. He's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, your son made the team. He's he's really good shooter. He's a good passer. He's, he's all this. He said, but, you know, he said, I, I don't even know if he'll get on the court this year. And you could have hit me with a two-by-four in the teeth, and I would have been less surprised. Because I sat there, and I, th- I was trying to put, I honestly almost laughed. I thought, you're kidding, you're kidding right? That's, that's what I want to say. You're kidding, right? That dude stunned me with his words like no other. I'm telling you, I sat there, and like, he, what, you, huh? So in other words, this is, this is you know, you, have, <clears throat> excuse me, you ever have them moments that you wish you would have had 10 minutes to think about, and you could come back and say something real smart? That was me right then, because later on I thought, that did not sit well with me at all. What did he mean by that? I I told my wife later, I said, so you're going to tell me that my son can shoot, and he can pass, and he can dribble, and you can put him on your team, but you might not let him play in one game. That tells me less about my son, and a lot more about your coaching ability. Because somebody's got everything together. They just need somebody to help them put it. Walker's biggest thing was confidence. He could do it. But then to translate that onto the court. So I had this struggle with this coach. And then, 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 I, I promise I'm not just talking about my son. I'm going someplace with this. I... I recognized the coaching strategies. And the coaching strategies was basically this. We got 15 players, but we're going to play five of them. They're starters. They're called starters in basketball. They're going to start these five, and I'm going to substitute maybe two or three for the whole game. And I watched that play after game after game after game. Lost, 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 lost. I said, some, at some point, tell me at some point he's going to get it. This is not that hard. So I would vomit and regurgitate everything on my wife, everything I would do. We should be winning. We should be. I said, but our boys are tired. They are t- they're simply tired. And it's everything I could do not to tell the coach. I told more lies that season at the end of the game. Good game, coach. I was like, oh. I wanted to cut my, take my tongue out, pull out, and slash it. Oh, good game, coach. Did a good job. I was like, oh, how did that come out of me? I just told a lie. I got to repent. <laughs> Worst coaching I've ever seen. Christine's like, John, 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 John. I'm telling you, that thing tested everything inside of me. I walk into Rock Hill High School, a pastor, leave, ready to get drunk and cuss out everybody. (laughs) I told you I wanted to be real this morning. 
But I saw something, and, and, and they actually did it one game. I thought, they got it. They got it. They got it. He got it. He started substituting people in, substituting them in, running, 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 substituting people in, and they won. And we played a team. They had their starting five. About two minutes in, he took all five of them out, put in another five. About another minute and a half in, took those out, put in another five. Our guys were over there. Like, they actually got, hold on, I got, I got some help back here. They actually got like this coming down the court. Got, ball is flat. Good night. Let's take get the ball. Put it right in on them. It was no mystery to me. They were running. And all we could do was walk and had 10 guys on the bench who wanted to play. You know who played harder when they got the chance? The ones that were right here wanting to play, hoping to play, hoping to play, hoping to play, hoping. Guess what happened to the ones who may not have been starters, but they got game time experience so when they got in the game it wasn't foreign to them so all the pressure wasn't there and eventually they got into the rotation and they learned to run and run and run and they ran so hard do you know what they ran so hard for they looked forward to the bench <sighs> some water coach about to put us back in Okay, it's time to go back. Okay. And I can do it again and run and run. I never saw anything like it until we lived in Arizona and I saw professional hockey for the first time. Has anybody ever seen professional hockey? There ain't nothing like it. I, I rate it right up there in a sense to seeing NASCAR. Has anybody ever seen NASCAR? Oh, yeah, that hand went up quick. We're, we're right here where it happens. I mean, you can almost hear them right here, you know. Um, <laughs> The first time I saw NASCAR, it was a Saturday night shootout because I'm a pastor and I go to church on Sundays. <laughs> so I never got a chance to see it. Somebody said, you want to go see it? I'm like, I can't. I got to preach Sunday. You know, like Saturday night, they got a Saturday night shootout. And I went to it, and I could not believe how fast they were going. I'm like, this ain't like TV at all. I was blown away. They had, I think it was uh, four wrecks after the first corner. Four restarts. I've never been so happy in all my life. I, I didn't want to see them go. I wanted to see them wreck so they'd start all over again. Because they, by the time they got to me, it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it. Same thing with hockey. Those guys came off the bench. They jumped out of that box and hit that, right, that ice. And they, they skated as fast as anything I've ever seen. I'm like, how did they do that? Skate backwards, skate forward. Just for a minute. Get them off. They go to the bench. Another one right behind them. I'm like, there's my strategy right there. I don't need the best teams. I don't, I don't need the best shooter. 
I, I don't need any of that. I need guys that can pass, shoot, dribble, and that will give me every ounce that they got for the time on the court. And we will wear that other team down, and then we will beat them. That is a winning strategy. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, because 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says this. It says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. There's your prep talk right there. Pep talk. There's your coach in the faces of his players saying, you run and you play, and when I get you in, you run with everything that you got. And if you're one of my starters and you choose not to run, you're looking down here at one of the guys that's going to take your place. I'm telling you, I could say it right to him. I mean, I should have been a coach. Good night. <laughs> State championship, national championship, world, bring them on. <laughs> and I would do it with the Bible. So we'd, we'd be Team Jesus. Isaiah 40. I'm going to give you the back side of the Scripture so I can give you the front side of the Scripture, okay? It'll make sense in a second. Verse 29 says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall i would drive that into my players heads y'all are young but you're gonna you're gonna beg me to put you on the bench you're gonna be so tired just stay with me those who wait upon the lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It is a mistake if we think that he's talking to the young. He's not talking to the young, except that he's talking to everyone, including the young. Let's go back and look at it. He gives power to the weak. He also says that even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no strength, he increases their strength. 
They have no might. He increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He breaks it down to this. Running and walking. And you won't get tired. Why? He knows how long you can walk. He knows how long you can run. He is training you to walk and run with everything that you've got. And then he will give you periods of rest. He strengthens those who are weak. When they come back to the bench, I noticed that they sit there for a minute and they take their drink. And next thing they know, they're looking at the coach like every time, like, can I, can I go back in? Like, coach, let me back in. I'm ready to go back in. That's how it should look for us. You know what we will do if we're not careful? We will get stuck in our last loss or our last battle. And we'll be looking at God like, where were you? That is human nature. But if you will let him strengthen your walk, you will realize he made you to run. He created you to run. Running is what he's got inside of you. And it doesn't matter the age that you are. It really doesn't because he spoke to that. He said, I will cause them. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They'll, they'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Doesn't mean that you can run on and on and on and on. It meant that while you are running, you will run in full strength. And while you are walking, you will walk at full strength. He's not taking us past being human. He is giving us supernatural power. But he's going to do something different in our lives that enables us when we run to run like it's time to run. I told you I was going to show you the backside. Now I'm going to show you the front side. Front side of that scripture, look at verse 4. <laughs> Every valley shall be exalted. Remember that a little while ago I told you all. David had valleys. David had mountains in his life. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill brought low. You see that? Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill will be brought low. Do you see what God's doing? He's doing this. the high places he's bringing them down do you know what that does for you it puts your feet on level ground <laughs> it puts your feet on solid ground we just sang about it and if we're not careful we're looking at the mountain saying god why won't you move it why won't you move it or we're in the valley saying god why won't you put me on a mountain god's not schizophrenic we are we ask him the craziest stuff. If you're on a mountain, there's a reason for you to be on the mountain. But he won't leave you on the mountain. You can't run forever on the mountain. 
you'll fall off. And in the valley, you can't run forever there. But what he'll do is he'll bring the valley up or he'll bring the mountain down. And that's not all. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh see it together. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It is a collective thing for all of God's children. It says they will see it. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You know how powerful that is right there? For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. There's a scripture that says this about God. He says, I declared the former things long ago. It went forth from my mouth. I spoke it. And then it says this. Suddenly... I acted, and it came to pass. Suddenly, I acted. You know what that suddenly included? That suddenly included mountains coming down. It included valleys being exalted. It included crooked places being straightened. And it included obstacles being smoothed for my path. Do you know what that tells me he got, he's getting us ready for? Ready to Run. Ready to run. I fear in the church world. We have done our best to get everybody just ready to walk. And he says, run. Because here's the thing. We pace ourselves because we know that we can only run so far. Everybody in here, you run. You ran 31 miles in one day, right? 32? See, you lost your mind even further than I thought. In one day, who does that? And you married him. But he gave us her, so it's okay. I love him to death. Y'all know that. Here's the thing. And you run, too. And you don't hardly have any cartilage on your... What, what is your problem, Eric? <laughs> All of us know that, that, that we can walk further than we can run, right? Just, just by law. You can walk further than you can run. So you know you can only run so far. So there's a limiting factor. There's a limiting factor until it comes to him. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He can take that out of your equation. I don't want to be found walking when I was supposed to be running. Bear with me. I've got to find this scripture. Don't you love when your phone lies and says there are no photos or videos and you got millions of them right there. Here it is. 
Paul said this. I wanted, he said this to the Galatians. I wanted to be sure that I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. He also said this in Acts. He said, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. difference in us and Paul was Paul wanted to run. Paul wanted to make sure he was running. He just wanted to make sure he wasn't running in vain. Worst thing you can do is run in vain. Run with no goal. But if your eye is on the prize, you'll run. And he said to run and not be weary. He said he brings strength to those who are weak. He increases their strength. That, 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 that's an amazing place that he has for us. But in order to do that, we've got to leave walking behind. And we've got to run. I can't tell you what that means. I can just tell you that it looks different than walking. It speeds things up. You get there quicker. And that's what needs to happen in our lives. We need to be tagging goals quicker than we're tagging them. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Running is a reward of waiting. And if we're only hung up on the battle that we've been in or the big battle that should have taken us down, we're never going to run to the next victory God has for us. There, there's not defeat in him. And if we understood him, what he's trying to teach us, we would run into battle instead of wonder while we're still injured from the last thing. And we would look at our next battle as a reward. There, there's a different... When you start training your mind... I've seen it in my own son-in-law. When, 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 when he came to date Michaela the first time and showed up at the door, I, I almost looked right through him because I felt like I could. He was so skinny. And I, one of the first things I thought is like, go someplace that's crowded so somebody can protect my daughter. <laughs> I don't feel that way anymore. But the boy's got the mentality of a champion now. The man has the mentality of a champion now. And it's a different mindset. You know what I want to do? I want to run again. You know what I feel myself doing? Slowing down. 
You're in the 50s now. Well into your 50s. Next month, no, April, 57 in April. But I've got something inside of me that says, run. Don't walk. I have a stark physical realization. I've seen Brent grow physically on the weights. I went to the gym with him not long ago. I watched what he could do. I was impressed. And I remembered a time when I could do it. There was a time I used to take Michaela every now and again up to the gym. And I would say, <laughs> Vanity, you ready for it? Here it comes. Vanity. I would say, you see that big guy? You see what he's doing? I say, watch what your daddy does. <laughs> but you saw what daddy could do, didn't you? You did, didn't you? <laughs> but I could stack 400 pounds, and I got video of it, and you took it. And I could do that. And I went with Brent, and it was all I had in me to do half of it. And I hadn't been in so many years. And I looked at that weight, and I was like, huh, that's going to be so easy. And I got underneath it. It felt like a house had been set down on side of me. Stuff I used to literally play with, weight I used to play with, uh, I was like, my joints, my joints, my joints, my muscles, my brain. My brain says one thing, my, my muscles are in my, my, my joints are in stark disagreement. I said stark like, how many? I never say stark. I've said like eight times today. A stark, starking. <laughs> Wasn't that funny, Amanda? I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. But my joints are in total retaliation against it. They're like protesting like, no. But there's something inside of me that says, I want to do it one more time. I want to run. And now my body's saying, well, put the weights down and just run. <laughs> Things change physically. They just do. But in the spirit, there is still strength that we have yet to tap into. And I want to be found running. I want to be like Paul was. It says, I fear that I have run in vain, but I'm not going to stop running. I'm going to run to win. When he said that, he wasn't checking on himself. He was checking on the people around him. I want to run hard enough that we can run together. But if you stop running, I'm not going to stop running. I'm running towards him. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
I told you last Sunday, I'm tired. I, I, I'm tired of being, being like a cheerleader. This is our God we're talking about. <laughs> He's worth everything that I got. He's worth everything that you've got. And I want him to know you're worth everything that I've got. Will you come play? Can I tell y'all the tiredest I am? My wife could tell you like that. The tiredest I get in the week, I get tired after I preach. Probably the easiest thing I do all week is run my mouth. But the spiritual drain wears me out. Sometimes I don't even want to eat. But I seldom go to my room. I usually go to the couch on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Y'all know it's true. Yeah. And I'm out quick. Why? Because all my duties are complete. And my family is usually right there. And I don't even have to be protector. They're right there. I'm feeling good. I can relax. And I, it, 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 Sunday afternoon is the best sleep. And maybe the only nap that I get, but it's the best sleep I get all week long. Because the Spirit will make a demand on the flesh. Yes, it will. And it is worth it, and it is worth it, and it is worth it. And I'm not going to quit. And I'm doing what I can do to dig deeper than I've dug for you in the past. To, to fill myself with more of His Word than I've ever done. I, I want more of it so that I can give you what it's going to take. But I wish we had a club of runners. You seen these guys in the, in the Fort Mill area? Guys and gals. And they got on their little tight suits and helmets and gloves and fancy bikes. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they take up way too much of the road. But they got this little club going, and they're going, and they're moving at a pretty good clip. And they're training, and they're going, and they're going, and they're going. I wish CFCC was that kind of church where we're just, we're running for God. We're, we're running. We're running. And we've been walking, church. We've been walking. I'm, I'm proud of our walk. But the Lord showed me something. He said, John, just don't train them to walk. Train them to run. You've been thinking I've been wanting them to walk. I don't want them to walk. I want them to run. I want them to run. I want them to run. And when they run out of strength, I will renew their strength. Yes. 
Paul also compared it to fighting and boxing and, and fighting and throwing punches. Paul, have you ever seen those guys? And to me, they're the real champions who between rounds, I grew up watching boxing. I loved it. My dad loved it. My grandfather loved it. We watched it all together in one room. When we couldn't catch it, when we were camping, my dad would have us go sit out in the car and we would listen to it on the radio on a Friday night. That's how much we loved it. But those guys, to me, that were real champions between rounds, they didn't go over there and sit on a stool. They just stood right there. They went back to a walk position, waiting on the bell to ring so they could run and do it all again. That's what I believe he's talking about. If I move to a walk, it's because he made me walk for a minute so that I can run again when it's time. Does that make sense at all to you? I see a God who Isaiah 40 is ready to bring mountains down and to exalt valleys and to make crooked paths straight and to make rocky roads smooth. So He will make runnable places for us. I don't even know if it's a word, but I know what I mean. What used to not be runnable is now runnable. You can run there. I'm going to try to sing this, and I want y'all to sing it with me. Lord, I'm waiting on you. Waiting on you. Patiently waiting on you. And I am not worried about the time because that is where I find my strength while I'm waiting on you Lord I'm waiting on you waiting on you patiently waiting on you and I am not worried about the time Lord I seem to find strength while I'm waiting on you the scripture says this they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and never faint that is why Lord I choose to wait Lord, I'm waiting on you. 
And I am not worried about the time. Lord, I seem to find a strength while I'm waiting on you. Sing the verse again. We're going to go back and sing that verse. Will you stand with me and sing that? 